0: Welcome to the next edition of the CoEO Conversations podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about cognitive services, and we've got a guest speaker, John Gergel, one of our consultants, who's going to talk to us about how and where we see clients using cognitive services and some of the recent projects that he's been involved in. Uh, Just before we kick off, John, are you comfortable to introduce yourself and talk a bit about your role at CoEO and how long you've been with us?
1: Yeah, that's fine. So. Thank you for the introduction, Justin. My name is John Gergel. I've been with CoEO for approximately four and a bit years now. Um, I'm a senior consultant. I deal primarily with data platform projects, data lake projects, and the emerging AI and machine learning fields.
0: What, what do you do for CoEO? And, and can you give us an example of the type of customers that you work with and the type of projects that you work on?
1: Yeah, we work with a broad range of clients in the finance industry, travel The key between all of those different clients is trying to make the best use of their data, trying to get insight into their data. More importantly, how to get some real value out of that data. And that's what Cario can do. So, um, Thinking
0: about cognitive services and artificial intelligence, there's a lot of buzz around that. And it seems to be kind of a, a CIO bingo buzzword that everyone wants to have an AI project. Um, and that term means different things to different people. Can you talk a little bit about what AI means to you and and the kind of customers and projects that you've worked on?
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I think um, artificial intelligence is, is one of those fields that, The meaning of what AI is has changed over time. So, if you look at some of the, the definitions of what intelligence is, the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skill to basically increase the probability of a successful outcome. So, it's about understanding your environment and making changes to get what you need done. Artificial intelligence relates to those tasks that are considered to need smart decisions or thinking, applying algorithms, models to try and come up with a solution, which isn't just a reactionary solution. So that sounds
0: good in terms of positioning AI and giving some context around the, the kind of definition of AI. If listeners aren't familiar with Azure Cognitive Services, can you summarize what they provide and, and how they're kind of comprise some of the AI offerings from Microsoft?
1: Yeah, so Cognitive Services relates to technologies that try to mimic um the way that the human mind um thinks and works so we've got things like decision making language understanding speech understanding vision so so looking at various different things and the other one that's key to the microsoft offering is the web cognitive services so making it easier to use the web and it it occurs to me that Microsoft have done what they do best,
0: arguably, which is taken some of the um, really high-end and labor-intensive technologies and kind of democratized those into services that smaller, or medium-sized organizations can consume easily. What are the types of problems that can be solved with cognitive services?
1: Some of the most interesting ones are to do with vision, i.e. what you look at and also listening, so what you hear. So the language one everyone's probably familiar with, Um, there's a lot of companies doing language understanding. So something gets played, it's in a different language, it can be translated on the fly. Um, Again, the same with text, having applications that can understand when you're in a different country, things that you don't readily know, but you can use the power of AI, the power of those systems to translate and get an understanding. So companies can build that into their applications. They can get that tooling straight in there with very little interaction with code. It's, it's very simple plug and play, codeless or minimal code to get that up and running.
0: And I guess that opportunity to embed cognitive services solutions or solutions powered by cognitive services in wider applications and and make that integration and the user experience very intuitive and very native is one of the things that is the most exciting you know most powerful opportunities around the whole ai and cognitive services opportunity when you think about the, the sorts of projects and solutions that you've worked on, are there any particular types of business or organisations that you feel um, are best suited or, or where the opportunity is greatest for
1: cognitive services? I think the, any organisation can use cognitive services because there is a very low barrier to using that technology. As to which companies will find most benefit out of using them, the answer is probably where the business has a high level of need to have people or groups of people having to think about what they're doing with that process or that task and if there's a way that that can be automated using something smarter then they'll get a real benefit from that because they can take those those people off of those tasks and delegate that thinking away. So these are kind of rules that a
0: human being would Have in their head and and kind of repeat, but uh, otherwise difficult to describe or or repeat. Is is that a fair summary?
1: Yeah. um, Any any time that they can't document exactly what they do to complete that process. So, for example, if you look at an image to to think about what that image is showing you, what are the rules that your brain is going through to actually classify that image? If you can't readily turn that into a simple algorithm. A simple process to go through to determine what that image is. That's when you need something smarter with, with more depth of training behind it to, to come up with something. Yep, that makes sense. And, and the cognitive services
0: allows you to plug into that knowledge engine essentially and, and and provide that image classification, for example.
1: Yeah, because they they've already done the the work to determine how best to go about classifying that
0: image. Mm, great. And just in terms of bringing this to life um thinking about a you know a, a story where where you've kind of helped a client on a journey where they've had one of these manual or labor intensive processes and and we've kind of used cognitive services to help them can you kind of talk us through an example um and and help us kind of get a, an understanding of where the client was when we met them and and what the solution that we delivered
1: looked like Yes. So one of the many clients that I've dealt with has a problem with document identification. Um, and what I mean by that is there's something within that document that they're checking, be that a, a signature, a stamp, or even the, the structure of that, that document to make sure it goes to the, the right department, for example. And historically, what's happened is they've had someone to, to manually check those documents, which is obviously error prone. People checking these documents. Might make mistakes. They might not know the answer and just push it into a bucket they think is most appropriate, but it might not be. So there's various different ways that that can be smoothed out using using these type of services.
0: Sounds good. And can you give us an overview of what the solution looked like from a technical point of view in order to help with that uh, document classification?
1: So one of the cognitive services is called Custom Vision. Custom Vision allows you to give the Cognitive services: a selection of your images, and what you can do with that is give it a set of training images, stuff that you're interested in looking for, and what that will do then is train that particular service to look for that type of image. So, if you gave it a lot of pictures of my signature, for example, um, in various different orientations, various different hardness of of, of pen press, different pen colours, that sort of thing, then that cognitive services could then scan those documents and decide if my signature was present in those documents. Yeah, very good. So if it did find a signature, for example, the model would then be able to say with a degree of accuracy, how likely it was that that signature was actually mine. Perfect, that sounds really good. And I can imagine
0: lots of different use case scenarios and customer requirements where they might want documents to either be routed to different departments internally or to have some sort of integrity check carried out to maybe provide fraud detection or authentication to to minimize interference with those documents or, or detect any number of different scenarios. And, and those have got all kinds of potential applications in terms of um, legal documents, contracts, um, and financial services I'm sure has got loads of applications for that as well. So it sounds really good and really powerful, but most of these new technologies also have issues or challenges that mean that they need to be surrounded by other technologies or we need to uh, somehow navigate the limitations of the tech. Were there many issues with the project that you're thinking of and, and
1: the customer that you implemented this for? Well with this particular project there weren't a lot of images so that was that was an issue because when you train uh, the custom vision cognitive services, the more images you, you give it, the better chance it has of identifying what you're trying to look for. So that was an initial uh, problem. Once we got more images, then the model becomes more accurate because it knows more different variations of the thing you're looking for. Um, for example, if you're looking for a round stamp or round object within within a document, if that hasn't been fully depressed on the paper, then you might only have half of that. So you need to train that model to also be looking for things that aren't quite 100% of the image that you're looking for, or a different orientation, or perhaps, as we as we, I mentioned earlier, a, a different colour, a, a red stamp or a blue stamp. Is that a variation you're looking for, or do you not care what colour the stamp is? So that, that's one of the um, limitations. The other thing between the Cognitive Services, which is interesting, is there are two different options within cognitive services for a custom vision. One is classification and one is identification. The classification technology works by looking at a picture and whatever is the most prominent image within that is what that image is classified as. The second is identification. So if you look at an image, I can look for all the occurrences of a particular thing. Now, combining these two, what I found I had to do was look for the things that were interest within an image and then classify them because if I simply classified the image if there was something else that was prominent within that image that would be what the overall image was classified as and what I was actually interested in was multiple occurrences of small things within a larger image if that makes sense
0: yeah, absolutely, that's really interesting. And um, I guess these are the types of nuances and refinements that you only uncover that, 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 will, that may be unique to a, um, a, a specific customer's data set or, or document set and, and the specific rules or checks that they want to apply to that set of images or documents, for example, as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's very interesting as well because this is a technology which doesn't give you a yes or no, or 100% answer. There are shades of gray, as as with most things. If I'm looking out my window and I see something, there is a shade of gray with my recognition of what it is. And that's exactly the same for this technology. So you will end up with, again, a probability of what that object is or what you're looking for has met that. And as long as what you've achieved, your model is better than a human can do, then you've made some success. And presumably, you know, if a client's um, consuming
0: a thousand documents a month or five thousand documents a month, um, a, a number of those you'll be able to confidently say are authentic or genuine. A number of those will be able to confidently say are definitely suspicious or fraudulent. And then there will be that 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 kind of gray area in the middle that needs human intervention and, and and a manual review. but um hopefully that will be a subset of the previous situation, which is that they were all they all had to be manually reviewed in order to 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 determine that.
1: yeah, and and by coming up with, with that type of scope of, of the things to look at, the things you're one hundred percent sure of, the things you're quite sure of, the things you're not quite sure of, you've got at least an order of 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 something to process through, a way to to tackle that work, which was, originally just a big bucket of stuff to look at. If you can say that these ones are very likely to be something I need to look at quickly, then that's that's achieved your goal. Absolutely.
0: Sounds good. So thinking about this client and the project where you use cognitive services, what was the outcome there? You kind of mentioned that the, the data set was small for training the model. W- were you able to get a reliable determination and and, uh, and confidence rating to, to the documents? And was the client happy with the kind of the level of automation and and, the, and where manual intervention was required?
1: Yes, yeah, so we were really lucky to get a model that on the data that we, we ran it on, we were getting an 80% hit rate on what we are looking for. But as with anything, the, as more data comes in, as things change within the data you're looking at, you have to constantly refine that model. So the client was happy that it was achieving what they needed, but they were again aware that this was an ongoing process. So as uh, stamps or the format of the form was changing they have to refine their model and constantly be looking at ways to improve it if it didn't meet their goals
0: it feels like an organic being that needs feeding and watering and as the data volumes increase then then the sample size grows and therefore the reliability and accuracy can grow but that needs some some maintenance and um an upkeep to ensure that it continues to be reliable and accurate
1: yeah, I think it's, it's probably the same as anything in life that you can train. You can train it to do a particular thing, but if the environment context change or the task change, you then have to look at retraining whatever it is you've trained, be it a dog or anything else.
0: Understood. That makes a lot of sense. So thinking more broadly, that sounds like a really good uh, use case scenario, but thinking more broadly, how do you see the... Kind of future of of AI and cognitive services in
1: the UK and with the clients that we typically work with. I think what we'll see is more and more cognitive services being used. Um, I think more and more of the smart thinking will be delegated. Um, I think we're in a sort of a second wave of human evolution, if you will. I mean, where we started off um, automating manual tasks, we've now moved into the arena of trying to automate things. That we thought we couldn't automate in the past, the the things that we thought only we could do, the smart thinking tasks. So I think that that's the next stage is to automate the the thinking tasks away from us. And there's a lot talked about
0: in terms of um, ethical AI and and responsibility and you know the impact of uh, of employment and will people lose their jobs over this? What's your thinking about how this will affect? The kind of broader term
1: landscape and and, an employment market for example? I think what tends to happen is jobs don't get lost but jobs change so once upon a time we had a a great number of farmers in this country then we had a a great deal of manufacturing in this country and what's changed over time is people move into different industries I think with AI and cognitive services what will happen is people concentrate on the things that we can't get machines to do so it'll be anything related to uh, emotion, um, social areas. And also what it will mean is the people that are in these thinking smart roles, instead of having to do the more simplistic stuff, they'll have more time to concentrate on the more complicated things that we can't get computers to do.
0: So it will automate the kind of repetitive tasks and a, a create more time and opportunity for them to work on the, the tasks that they exclusively are needed to, to work on, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess it's it's about automating the boring smart tasks, mm. the stuff that does require some thinking, but it's the kind of thinking that you're not really thinking about thinking. Yeah, sure. And thinking
0: about the analytics landscape and the, the types of projects that we get involved in, I know, you know, in the last couple of years, Cognitive Services has um, has grown in in feature and capability, feature completeness and capability. How how much do you see this affecting the kind of broader landscape
1: of analytics projects and solutions going forwards in the next two or three years? Well, I think we are already seeing quite a lot of impact with cognitive services. You only have to look at um, the Power BI offerings to see that they've got technology in there to show you when you've got problems or issues with your data. I had one banking client that had used this for the first time and they were looking back over 10 years of data and the machine said, oh, there's there's a problem with this data. It doesn't quite look right. And what they were able to determine is they hadn't loaded data for a particular year. It wasn't an, a, a problem with the data as such. it was a problem with the process. but also it, it can it can do things like identify issues with the data that which might indicate things that we hadn't considered, correlations between different data data points, for example.
0: That's, That's really interesting.
1: Yes. Um, so just on to the final
0: point. We ask every guest on the KOEO Conversations podcast to recommend a tool or resource, and people have recommended podcasts or blogs or specific tools, add-ins that they've found useful in the past. If someone's thinking about getting started in cognitive services or they're new to data and they want to invest in
1: themselves and develop, is there something that you can recommend that you've found particularly helpful? Yeah, I think the, the primary resource for getting started with cognitive services is actually the Microsoft website. Because not only does it tell you about the cognitive services, it also gives you a portal where you can demonstrate to yourself and to other people exactly what they're doing. So there'll be a picture with some OCR running against it, which will extract the text. And I think seeing that in action is the best way to get used to that technology.
0: Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks very much, John. And thanks for your insight and experience in this podcast. I'm sure that a lot of people will be um, starting their journey to get more value out of their data and experimenting with cognitive services. So really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and share your experience. Thank you. Great. Thank you.